Section 13 of Jotic Tales by H. T. Francis and E. J. Thomas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Treacherous Chameleon Once on a time, when Brahmadatta was reigning in Benares, the Bodhisatta was born a lizard. When he grew up, he dwelt in a big burrow in the river bank with a following of many hundreds of other lizards. Now the Bodhisatta had a son, a young lizard, who was great friends with a chameleon whom he used to clip and embrace. This intimacy being reported to the lizard king, he sent for his young son and said that such friendship was misplaced, for chameleons were low creatures, and that if the intimacy was persisted in, calamity would befall the whole of the tribe of lizards and he enjoined his son to have no more to do with the chameleon. But the son continued in his intimacy. Again and again did the Bodhisatta speak with his son, but finding his words of no avail, and foreseeing danger to the lizards from the chameleon, he had an outlet cut on one side of their burrow, so that there might be a means of escape in time of need. Now, as time went on, the young lizard grew to a great size, whilst the chameleon never grew any bigger. And as these mountainous embraces of the young giant grew painful indeed, the chameleon foresaw that they would be the death of him if they went on a few days longer, and he resolved to combine with a hunter to destroy the whole tribe of lizards. One day in the summer the ants came out after a thunderstorm, and the lizards darted hither and thither, catching them and eating them. Now there came into the forest a lizard-trapper, with spade and dogs, to dig out lizards, and the chameleon thought what a haul he would put in the trapper's way. So he went up to the man, and, lying down before him, asked why he was about in the forest. "'To catch lizards,' was the reply. "'Well, I know where there's a burrow of hundreds of them,' said the chameleon. "'Bring fire and brushwood and follow me.' and he brought the trapper to where the lizards dwelt. "'Now,' said the chameleon, "'put your fuel in there and smoke the lizards out. Meantime, let your dogs be all round and take a big stick in your hand. Then, as the lizards dash out, strike them down and make a pile of the slain.' So saying, the treacherous chameleon withdrew to a spot hard by, where he lay down with his head up, saying to himself, "'This day I shall see the back of my enemy.' The trapper set to work to smoke the lizards out, and fear for their lives drove them helter-skelter from their burrow. As they came out, the trapper knocked them on the head, and if he missed them, they fell a prey to his dogs.' and so there was a great slaughter among the lizards. Realizing that this was the chameleon's doing, the Bodhisatta cried, "'One should never make friends of the wicked, for such bring sorrow in their train. A single wicked chameleon has proved the bane of all these lizards.' So saying, he escaped by the outlet he had provided, uttering this stanza, "'Bad company can never end in good,' Through friendship with one sole chameleon, the tribe of lizards met their end. The Cunning Jackal Once on a time, when Brahmadatta was reigning in Benares, the Bodhisatta was born a jackal, and dwelt in a charnel grove with a great following of jackals of whom he was king. And at that time there was a festival held at Rajagaha, and a very wet festival it was, with everybody drinking hard. 
now a parcel of rogues got hold of victual and drink in abundance and putting on their best clothes sang and made merry over their fare by midnight the meat was all gone though the liquor still held out then on one asking for more meat and being told there was none left said the fellow victuals never lack when i'm about i'll off to the charnel grove kill a jackal prowling about to eat the corpses and bring back some meat so saying he snatched up a club and made his way out of the city by the sewer to the place where he lay down club in hand feigning to be dead just then followed by the other jackals the bodhisatta came up and marked the pretended corpse suspecting the fraud he determined to sift the matter so he went round to the lee side and knew by the scent that the man was not really dead resolving to make the man look foolish before leaving him the bodhisatta stole near and took hold of the club with his teeth and tugged at it the rascal did not leave go not perceiving the bodhisatta's approach he took a tighter grip hereon the bodhisatta stepped back a pace or two and said my good man if you had been dead you would not have tightened your grip on your club when i was tugging at it and so have betrayed yourself so saying he uttered this stanza thy tightening grip upon thy club doth show thy rank imposture thou'rt no corpse i trow finding that he was discovered the rogue sprang to his feet and flung his club at the bodhisatta but missed his aim be off you brute said he i've missed you this time turning around the bodhisatta said true you've missed me but be assured you will not miss the torments of the great hell and the sixteen lesser hells empty-handed the rogue left the cemetery and after bathing in a ditch went back into the city by the way he had come the foolhardy jackal once on a time when brahmadatta was reigning in benares the bodhisatta was a maned lion and dwelt at gold den in the himalayas bounding forth one day from his lair he looked north and west south and east and roared aloud as he went in quest of prey slaying a large buffalo he devoured the prime of the carcass after which he went down to a pool and having drunk his fill of crystal water turned to go towards his den now a hungry jackal suddenly meeting the lion and being unable to make his escape threw himself at the lion's feet being asked what he wanted the jackal replied lord let me be your servant very well said the lion serve me and you shall feed on prime meat so saying he went with the jackal following to gold den thenceforth the lion's leavings fell to the jackal and he grew fat lying one day in his den the lion told the jackal to scan the valleys from the mountain-top to see whether there were any elephants or horses or buffaloes about or any other animals of which he the jackal was fond if any such were in sight the jackal was to report and say with due obeisance shine forth in thy might lord then the lion promised to kill and eat giving a part to the jackal so the jackal used to climb the heights and whenever he espied below beasts to his taste he would report it to the lion and falling at his feet say shine forth in thy might lord hereon the lion would nimbly bound forth and slay the beast even if it were a rutting elephant and share the prime of the carcass with the jackal gutted with his meal the jackal would then retire to his den and sleep 
now as time went on the jackal grew bigger and bigger till he grew haughty have i not two forelegs he asked himself why am i a pensioner day by day on others bounty henceforth i will kill elephants and other beasts for my own eating the lion king of beasts only kills them because of the formula shine forth in thy might lord i'll make the lion call out to me shine forth in thy might jackal and then i'll kill an elephant for myself accordingly he went to the lion and pointing out that he had long lived on what the lion had killed told his desire to eat an elephant of his own killing ending with a request to the lion to let him the jackal couch in the lion's corner in gold den whilst the lion was to climb the mountain to look out for an elephant the quarry found he asked that the lion should come to him in the den and say shine forth in thy might jackal he begged the lion not to grudge him this much said the lion jackal only lions can kill elephants nor has the world ever seen a jackal able to cope with them give up this fancy and continue to feed on what i kill but say what the lion could the jackal would not give way and still pressed his request so at last the lion gave way and bidding the jackal couch in the den climbed the peak and thence espied an elephant in rut returning to the mouth of the cave he said shine forth in thy might jackal then from gold den the jackal nimbly bounded forth looked around him on all four sides and thrice raising its howl sprang at the elephant meaning to fasten on its head but missing his aim he alighted at the elephant's feet the infuriated brute raised its right foot and crushed the jackal's head trampling the bones into powder then pounding the carcass into a mass and dunging upon it the elephant dashed trumpeting into the forest seeing all this the bodhisattva observed now shine forth in thy might jackal and uttered this stanza your mangled corpse your brains mashed into clay prove how you've shone forth in your might to-day thus spake the bodhisattva and living to a good old age he passed away in the fullness of time to fare according to his deserts the foolish crows once on a time when brahmadatta was reigning in benares the bodhisattva was a sea spirit now a crow with his mate came down in quest of food to the seashore where just before certain persons had been offering to the nagas a sacrifice of milk and rice and fish and meat and strong drink and the like up came the crow and with his mate ate freely of the elements of the sacrifice and drank a great deal of the spirits so they both got very drunk then they wanted to disport themselves in the sea and were trying to swim on the surf when a wave swept the hen crow out to sea and fish came and gobbled her up oh my poor wife is dead cried the crow bursting into tears and lamentations then a crowd of crows were drawn by his wailing to the spot to learn what ailed him and when he told them how his wife had been carried out to sea they all began with one voice to lament suddenly the thought struck them that they were stronger than the sea and that all they had to do was to empty it out and rescue their comrade so they set to work with their bills to empty the sea out by mouthfuls betaking themselves to dry land to rest so soon as their throats were sore with the salt water 
and so they toiled away till their mouths and jaws were dry and inflamed and their eyes bloodshot and they were ready to drop for weariness then in despair they turned to one another and said that it was in vain they labored to empty the sea for no sooner had they got rid of the water in one place than more flowed in and there was all their work to do over again they would never succeed in bailing the water out of the sea and so saying they uttered this stanza our jaws are tired our mouths are sore the sea refilleth evermore then all the crows fell to praising the beauty of her beak and eyes her complexion figure and sweet voice saying that it was her excellences that had provoked the sea to steal her from them but as they talked this nonsense the sea spirit made a bogey appear from the sea and so put them all to flight in this wise they were saved end of section thirteen